I'm Simon Devereaux, Director of Global Talent Development at Framestore, and welcome back to the Framestore podcast, where we're reflecting on this year's Pride Month that took place in June. On our second instalment, we check back in with our two very special guests, LA Studio Operations Lead Gabby Siegel and London-based VFX Shoot Manager Jack Grealish. We pick up where we left off as we get into the rest of the Framestore Daily's questions and, of course, more Pride discussion. So, without any further delay, we very much hope you enjoy episode 24, part 2 of the Framestore podcast, our Pride Month special. So we're going to get into kind of all the role stuff now. And one of my, I'm getting to some of my favorite questions. This is a bit of a, a corker for me, which is what is a common myth about your job, role or field of expertise? So what do people often get wrong or assume about the the glamorous world of, uh, of VFX shoot production, Jack? You know, what's a, what's a myth? Well, I think you've just said it, Simon. It's the glamorous side. People <laughs> tend to uh, romanticize it a lot more than than what it actually is I think you know and I'm not saying we don't do a lot of the fun stuff that it's you know associated with it or synonymous like we do go on lovely locations sometimes and mm. and we do get you know scandals on set um <laughs> but a lot of it is just admin it's just you know talking to other departments create creating forms of insurance for equipment um getting previs done it's not it's not totally unlike what we do internally it's yeah. just in a different setting um i will say though that i think a lot of people underestimate how much running around you can do you know it's it's not about just hanging out on set it's about yeah. running from soundstage to soundstage to every every department and sort of like getting people to, to answer questions and, and a lot of these people aren't sat at desks you know they're wandering around themselves so it's 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 mm. basically calling people up and trying to get answers out of people and they don't want to give it so that's um yeah i would say it's a lot less glamorous yeah but one thing i've, I've learned from various uh various conversations with people who work on on set and on shoots is the idea that you have to be an earshot of almost everyone on the shoot so mm-hmm. every role every position every walk of life you can't relax for a minute because yeah know. i mean we do have microphones you know it's it's that's helpful that's helpful you know we're not living in in too early of a time i suppose yeah. uh, but you're absolutely right you need to be on call all the time all the time if yeah. you're if you're you know dossing off people are going to remember that it's you're only as useful as your last encounter i suppose you know it, yeah. it's a really cutthroat industry um there's a lot of freelancers and you know that's because of a multitude of reasons but people people remember you people people mm. will work with who they like and and who they've worked before so it's it's quite a tight-knit industry so you've got to yeah. you've got to prove yourself 
Yeah, I'm a big believer in that, that comment you made about you're only as good as your last, whatever it is you do. I mean, I always talk about the training that I do. I'm only ever as good as my last workshop and I've been running them for years. You drop the ball and you get kind of, you know, seduced by the buffet on, 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 on the shoot and get lost in, you know, culinary heaven. We'll get to that question later, by the way. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's, you, know, you can't switch off. Right. But yeah, the admin point is really interesting as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it never goes away. Production is production, yeah. you know? You're always tied to a computer. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so don't believe the hype, people. It's uh, it's not all glamour, glamour, glamour. Not just hanging out on set, right? Just chatting to the talent. I feel like this is the sequel to Get Out now. <laughs> so how about you, Gabby? What's the common myth? I mean, you kind of spoke to the stereotype of the operations manager by fixing leaks in, in the ILA studio, but what's a common myth about your, your, your role in the studio? I think... Uh, a common myth is that I, I know everything. Um, okay. I don't. Um, but I will say that I do know the people that do know the answer. So it might seem like I have all the answers, but it's only because I'm the conduit between the people that are asking the questions and finding the people that know the answers. Um, yeah. So that's pretty, it's a simple one for me. But So you're a facilitator. Yeah. I think a lot of people think I know everything about Framestore, which is not is the farthest from the truth. But um, yeah. No, that's a, that's a great answer. And it is a, you know, it is an assumption with particularly kind of well-known facilities folks. I mean, we have it in, in London as well. You know, there's yeah. an assumption that they know the heartbeat of everything that's going on yeah. in the building. You get, you get to touch it all. You get, you get yeah. to touch a little bit of everything and you talk to the, I think, I think I talk to the most people yeah. um, just because I, I have to. Um, so, but it's fun. I enjoy it. It's must, it's a great, it must be a great role. I mean, I've worked with great facilities kind of, you know, whether it's post houses, when I worked in TV, you know, they, 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 you know, you always got a sense that they knew everyone and knew everyone, you know, again, you know, speaking to the common myth, <laughs> they know everything. But yeah, yeah you're the heartbeat of the building, right? Not just the runners and the client service team, but, you know, right. that, that, whole, um, that whole collection of people are the, you know, what make the studio in many ways. Yeah, it's interesting, but it's, it's fun. Cool. So we're getting into lessons learned now. You get to helicopter back over your 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 seven years, Gabby, and your 10 years, Jack, is what's the most important lesson you've learned over your, your career? Uh, maybe, Gabby, you, you can start us off there. What's the big one? It's a good question. Um, it's a big, big question. I think that I, I feel like what, I, what I've come to realize is just that I'm, I don't know if comfortable is the right word, but I'm, con and, or content's the right word, but I feel like very safe. I feel like I've found my career. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I just I feel I feel very happy in my life where I am right now. Just be, and I think work and this career has a huge part of that. Yeah, it is. A, it's a tricky question. Yeah. Oh well, that's a that's a great answer, by the way. Thank that's you. a lovely lesson to have learned, right? You know, I could I could regret. I mean, I've had too many too many years in the industry, so I'm glad I'm not a guest on this podcast because we might need more extra, you know, extra time. Um, but a really nice answer about you know that that's a lesson yeah. that you know actually I'm I'm content. This yeah. is I've found my people. I found my, my my career. Right. So that's a really really great answer, Gabby. What about you, Jack? What's a big big lesson learned for you? Yeah, I'm not I'm not content. So it's not, it's not my, it's not my lesson. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I was thinking about this and I think it is quite a hard one to answer. I suppose over time, because I've worked in a lot of different teams, as in like, you know, same department, but a lot of different, you know, combinations of supervisors or not supervisors, actually, it's the same supervisor, but producers and, you know, we tend to have 
many different people working with us. Um, I think the best lesson that I've learned is to just talk to people on the same level, whether they're above you, on your level, or below you. If you talk to them and interact with them in the same exact way, you can only, you know, you're you're being genuine. It's it's yeah. it's really telling when you work with someone and they speak to people below them in a different way that they speak to you or someone above above you or them um and the same way you know and the same thing for the reverse if someone speaks to their bosses in a really or or colleagues in a really you know shit way but then treats everyone else uh quite well it's really disingenuous it's really sort of mm-hmm. and i think relationships can sort of be currency in in where we work you know it's we work with people for such a long time at you know 18 months at a time for me for for a tv project and if you don't get along with people you're not going to have a good time for for 18 months of the year and yeah. i'm not i'm not really prepared to have a bad time for 18 months of my life yeah so i kind of try and be as as genuine and sort of um yeah i suppose real as possible try and be real that's a really cheesy answer i'm always i'm always so cheesy real with me jack i love i love the cheesiness levels this is brilliant cheddar pure cheddar cheddar. um but yeah you you mentioned the word consistency well you didn't mention the word consistency but you know you're speaking to the idea of consistency in, in relationships and you know if you speak to one kind of hierarchy in one way and then another in another way, you just you just come across as fake and inconsistent, right? Absolutely. And uh, inauthentic. And I think that's a really really good point. And I completely agree with you. Relationships are currency. Relationship with this is the relationship business. You know, yeah. whether it be clients, directors, all the external forces, and relationships, or within yeah, a team. I mean, I say it on every podcast, and people must be sick of me saying it. But when you look at the credits at the end of any show, any commercial, the amount of people that work on on that amazing stuff is bonkers i mean my i take my son to the cinema he's nine and one of our family traditions is you stay and watch the credits you stay and you see the amount of people not just because i work at frame stories because i think it's important to appreciate all of those names that made that amazing story happen yeah it's mega love that two solid answers thank you right let's get into mentors now um who has been your most important professional mentor and again you can get some notable uh, mentions in there. I know Russell's podcast, he was the first person to coin one of my favorite phrases. He, he uses the term micro-mentors. He's had a series of micro-mentors over his career, which I love. But I'll let you interpret the question as you see fit. Let's start with Jack and then go to Gabby. Who do yeah. you cite to be a, a big mentor for you? Well, as you mentioned, friend of the podcast, Russell Dodgson, it has to, it kind yeah. of has to be him, to be honest, for me. I mean, we started working together about six or seven years ago. Um, and I've been on every project that he's in, he's done since starting the TV department, and we work really well together. But working with him has sort of really exposed me to the both sides of of visual effects in terms of I've done a lot of production experience, but also I get to join I've I've gotten to join him on a lot of supervision. So being really close and and um, on his heels basically for for shoots and yeah. and director reviews or tone meetings script meetings when we're in the studio you know seeing all those different levels of where visual effects gets involved especially for a supervisor yeah um 
it's been it's been golden and i i you know been really 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 great and i've had so much fun i mean he's, he's yeah. a good guy it's always nice to when you're so when you've got a mentor and you actually get on with them and your friends mm. like, it makes all the difference because it doesn't even feel like work most of the time yeah. it's just a natural sort of progression but yeah i mean don't get me wrong my my blood is boiling that i'm giving this man more airtime that he currently has <laughs> all over the internet um but yes, I would have to say Russell. Yeah, well, yeah, he's a great answer. I mean, Russell, when I first, well, I'm going to blow more smoke up his ass now because when yeah. I started, uh, <laughs> when I, when I started uh, January last year and I set up the uh, the, mentor, the global mentoring program, and Russell was an early sign up, and he, I think he, he's, he's taking on four different mentees now, and he was the first person to go look whatever you need, whatever you, well, yeah, for me, I'm available, and to have somebody at that level to be that available, um, and availability is really the 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 the, the almost the cornerstone of a, being a mentor anyway yeah in terms of you know the lifeblood of mentoring but you know the fact that at that level you know this creative director was going look whatever you need just let me know was was amazing but you know to hear that as well i think it's uh, absolutely warranted and again go back to consistency across uh his dark materials I and mean, russell's absolutely. been absolutely for everyone it's right? been so many years i suppose we'll get a plaque soon for all the yeah all the smoke he's been he's been getting Get a nice oil painting in uh, in reception. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. How about you, Gabby? Who's been one of your big uh, big mentors, big a big presence in your career today? I think that's a, it's tricky. I love the idea of a micro men- mentor, um, just because yeah. of all the different kind of uh, steps I've taken. I've there's been a different person that I've got to look up to. Um, mm-hmm. I think that at Framestore, there's a ton of powerhouse females um, in in managerial positions that I get to just watch be bosses. Um, and I think just gather, gather a lot of information from them on how to just be respected and respectful, yeah. um, sort of stuff. Um, Kathleen Ruffalo in recruiting in the U S uh, Kathleen. Yeah. Carla Atanasio is our head of production. Um, Jordan Blyweiss, who's my, um, supervisor who's out on maternity leave. So another role model in that sense, just having families, having a job doing that stuff. Mm. Um, one of, I think one of the important ones for me actually was um, my scheduling supervisor at um, my old company. It, that was my first like professional kind of role. Um, and it was just very small stuff that he helped me do, just like how to set up my email, how to like go through my inbox, like just very small things that have really set me up for massive success. Just something as small as my inbox. Um, but I've been able to pick up so many different things from so many different people yeah. um, throughout my career. So I love the idea of a micro mentor. Yeah. Yeah. And you can take it, you can take it and you have them. So, you know, you can own the yeah. micro mentor tag. Yeah. And it sounds like you've got mentors that, that span the idea of some inspirational folks, but also yeah. people who help you with the nitty gritty, the, yeah. the, the, the nuts and bolts of what you do as well. So not just there to bring the inspiration, but actually, right. hey, how do I do this thing? And how do I navigate this yeah it's been great great some great names there definitely some future guests there i, def- I should get kathleen ruffalo on for sure oh, yeah definitely. she leads access vfx america as part of mm-hmm. our work as access vfx and again i don't know how she manages being a senior recruitment manager person as well as doing that it's not it's insane she's a, a hero maybe she'll be my number one let's say kathleen as my number one kathleen if you're listening there you go you got you got your flowers shout out um, I wanted to touch on uh, on allyship. Um, I'm, I'm on this podcast as, as I, I, I hope as an ally, and uh, I wanted to ask you both. You know, what advice would you give to someone who 
wants to be an ally. It's very easy to say, yes, I'm an ally. You know, I'm not homophobic. But actually, there's more to allyship than just saying you're an ally. So what advice would, would you give to somebody who wants to be an ally but doesn't know where to start? Gabby, you take the Gabby, I'll go. I'm I'll going go to take first. charge now. You're far too polite. I think today, social media just offers so many opportunities to... I mean, I use it to go to events, to see what's available, to see what's around. Um, so definitely social media, but be careful because if you get the wrong algorithm, you could be in trouble. Um, I, I think get educated, ask questions, um, get involved. Uh, you know, if, if there's some pride events at work that you know of, go to those. Um, show up. Yeah, Yeah, show up I, and ask questions, I think, is, is, is a good thing. Um, and stand up to homophobia if you see it, obviously, if you are feel safe to do so. And I don't think ever put yourself in a in a harmful situation. But um, if you see it, say it, I think. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, just being aware, bringing awareness to people. If you have children, if you have friends and are not aware, just kind of explaining and like bringing it up in a really non, I don't want to say threatening, but just in a really casual manner, because it should be a casual thing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's it, it's not like being an ally is some sort of, you know, Girl Scout um, badge that you can mm. get. It's 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 a behavior. It's the actions that you take day to day, or even not even every day. You know, you can go about your life and, but as you said, um, Gabby, it's it's about if you see it, it's the consistency with your support that really matters. If you're confronted or even just seeing a homophobic um, piece of abuse going on, to actually have the balls to, to stand up and, and call it out, that's a true ally. It's not about, you know, going up to someone and saying, hey, Queen, did you catch RuPaul's Drag Race on the weekend, blah, blah, blah. That's really superficial. We don't, we don't care about that. That's not going to help anyone, uh, apart from, you know, my boredom at the lunch break. But it's, it is about you know, being more open um, to learn and educate yourself about the people who are different to you and, and people who live life life different to you. I love that. Love those answers. And I guess that speaks to, you know, how, how do we keep the conversation going beyond Pride Month or one month? You know, we talked about this at the start of the podcast. But what you're saying is, again, just being present, calling things out, you know, taking a stand. But yeah, you don't have to be, you know, hundred percent, you know, full blown ally at 20, every, every second of every day, right? All day, every day. Um, yeah. But just, you know, calling things out when you see them. Yeah. I mean, is there anything to add to that in terms of making sure that we continue to keep this on people's ag- agenda? That's an awful word. Keep this on people's radar year all year round. Uh, Jack, I like what you said about consistency. Mm. I yeah. think that's, um, that's important. Just, you know, keeping it, keeping people aware of it. And mm-hmm. like I said, it doesn't have to be intrusive. Like we're like, I don't think any queer is out here yeah. just trying to, trying to push our views on anyone like that. It's just a matter of being respectful of any kind of difference that you see in the world. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. It, there isn't a gay agenda, you know, much to many yeah. people's misinformation. And if there was, yeah. if we, if we wanted to take over, yeah. we would have taken over by now. Yeah. Rule number one, <laughs> lesbians are in charge. Yeah. Rule number two. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yeah, consistency of support. I think that's a great, that's a great uh, quotable that we, we can take from this, this conversation. Um, amazing. Okay, 
Right, let's get into the the, the last few questions now. So uh, this is a, a big one for our, I would say both our internal listeners, but actually some of our external people, people who don't work at Framestore who listen in, which is uh, what is one piece of advice you'd give to someone starting out in your field or starting out in the VFX industry? Um, Jack, perhaps kick us off with that one. What's, a, what's your go-to golden nugget if you were sitting on a, a panel panel at you know a big big conference? The microphone's it's a really in your hand. hard one. It's a really really hard one for me. Um, I the only thing that I can I can really remember, or or what I ask, what I would tell myself, I suppose, or what I think sort of led me to do all right, was the notion of being preemptive rather than reactive yeah. you know it takes a lot of experience to to understand where things are going to go wrong but if you're looking after a certain area like i don't know expenses or um you know something something quite remedial it's it's really really it's a really really um big thing to prove that you've got your area covered you know, if you can earn people's trust by bossing what you do, that's what's going to impress them. Even if you're even like even when I was a runner, I remember just putting my heart and soul into doing that job really, really well. And that's what gets you picked up. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's not a really great question. It's not a really great answer if you're not already in the industry, but or not already in, in the building for someone to sort of pick you up. But if you are, if you are fortunate enough to be in a certain position, I would that would be my advice to sort of, you know, as I say, be preemptive of, of what could go wrong rather than reactive of just waiting for things to go wrong and, and being asked to fix something. Because that's something that managers don't really have a lot of time for. You know, they would prefer someone to pick things up and, and handle it and get involved and and help them out rather than oh I need to ask this person to to do that and blah blah blah. Mm. It's it's a real asset to have to be that way inclined. Yeah, that's a great point. That's a great point. And you know, we talked earlier about asking questions, and you know, the part of that preemptive workflow is to get all the silly questions out of the way first because they're yeah. never silly questions, right? So get those, you know, get those. Don't just procrastinate. And go, I can't possibly ask this question because what will they think of me? That just stalls um like you say bossing roles and actually there's a really good piece of advice in there as well about you know when you do come in at that entry level it's absolutely to mash it i absolutely you know do or die you know there's going to be we've talked about linear career paths already you know you work hard in that role you will get picked up if you do you you do like your life depended on it you know and take all the opportunities and take the feedback i think there's some good some gold in there for sure thank you jack no worries what about you gabby what's your take on that what's your golden nugget of advice for anybody trying to break in i think it's it's pretty similar to that i I, one thing is just don't be afraid of that entry-level position yeah like you got to get your foot in if like someone like me had no idea about the industry even if you do know about the industry if you're an artist or whatever don't be afraid of an intern role or the runner role because you will be able to touch everything in post-production it will help you in your career just generally um, and I think another big thing is um, consistency and authenticity. Um, I think, like um, Jack, you mentioned, it's like if you're in a runner role and you and you get to or engage with different departments and different levels of um, status in the in the industry, 
treat everyone the same. It doesn't matter if they're the head of the company or you're a direct super, whatever. Just be authentic to who you are because people will catch on to that and, and know that you're authentic. And if you do a good job at your job that you are assigned in the moment, you will build yourself a good repertoire, I think, and be pushed through in a good way. Yeah, absolutely. And it is such a small, small industry, isn't it, as well? It's still, you know. Just get in. Yeah, work hard, be nice to people and all that. Get in, work hard, exactly. Brilliant, brilliant answers and some great advice in there. I'm loving this theme of consistency, authenticity, curiosity, you know, just get all all the itties, everything ends with a Y there, but uh, all great. Yeah, there's a T-shirt there for sure. Really, really good stuff. Thank you. So, Again, one of my favorite questions is, what's one question you wish I'd asked you and how would you have answered it? So Gabby, I'm going to throw that your way. What do you wish I'd asked you or have I nailed it? Oh my gosh. I want to say you've nailed it because I, right off the bat, cannot think of a question. I don't know. I think, yeah, I think my my most interesting thing is that I was never planning on being in the industry. Um, so I love the question of how I got in here, how I started. Yeah. Um, it's just like, I think anyone can do it if you, if you, not even if you want to, cause I didn't even know I wanted to do this. Yeah. Um, but just openness to trying new things and you never know where life is going to take you. Yeah. It's that lovely idea. I mean, I talk about squiggly career paths all the time, like not, you know, just go for it, go for something, you know, everybody thinks that even if you want to be a CG artist or, you know, executive producer, you know, how you get there. <laughs> you don't know what's going to come your way. You take that intro level role, see what happens, you know, and, and ride that that wave. I mean, I love your your entry earlier about, you know, that, that, that moment on the couch, hey, you know, that person sleeping on your couch, you know, take this role. And that unfortunate glassware incident that led you to walking through the front doors of uh, Frame Store LA, I think it's, it's, it's wonderful. And then you're going yeah. with the flow. And even now it's like seven years in, who knows where your career will go from. I'm still going along with the flow, just whatever needs me, let's, that let's do it. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. We were in the right place in LA. I'm sure there's some waves to catch down oh, yeah. Santa yeah. Monica way. Yeah, if a wave gets me to London, I'll be happy with that too. That'll be a very big wave. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe a natural disaster of sorts. Yeah, so I <laughs> <laughs> um, What about you, Jack? I don't really know either. I mean, it's, it's, it's a hard one because it's so, um, I don't know, ethereal. You could ask any question, yeah. really. But I suppose... What I always found interesting, I suppose, looking back, looking back over my 10 years, um, (laughs) is how how my mental health has struggled and changed Mm. and and sort of, you know, gone through the paces of the industry. You know, it's not it's not easy, especially in shoot production. You know, there's I remember when I went to um, Cardiff for Historic Materials the first time. I had never done set work before. And so I had an incredible amount of imposter syndrome. And I had no idea really of what I should be doing of, or if I was doing a good job or, you know, that sort of that sort of stuff. And it was really difficult. Hmm. And it was, you know, it was it was hard to sort of get out of that. And I know I'm not alone in that. I know a lot of yeah. people across not even just in shoot, shoot production, you know, across all departments and in all hmm. industries. Um, have that as well but I think you know the industry that we are working in there's a lot of pressure you know people work to the bone um and there is a great deal of 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 help you know being offered but I think I think it's 
it would be nice if we all actually just talked about it a bit more rather than yeah. you know i mean i know it's it can be a really deeply personal thing for people for, for some people and or for a lot of people maybe and they kind of choose the more singular um private route but mm. you know it's 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 a big thing that happens to all of us and and i think we kind of all need to be aware that we're all kind of not suffering but struggling in our in yeah. our own way at times not all the time but you know sometimes absolutely it's almost like i think pride of it sorry and to interrupt it's just like just to bring awareness to to just that stuff everyone's dealing with it big or yeah. small um just a matter of you know bringing it to the forefront and talking about it like yeah. it's like it's not a big deal because it's not a big deal it's like people go yeah. through it people have to deal with it and it's just it is what it is yeah i like to say we're only delivering commercials not babies so if you ever oh, think it's going to be too hard, just think yeah. of that. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, we're not, we aren't saving lives. It's, right. it, it, this this stuff does need to get done, of course, you know. I'm not saying, you know, put down tools, everyone, and, and walk out of the building. But, you know, put things in perspective. If this if this stuff is is overflowing into into your own personal life and in your own mind in a really negative way, make sure you catch those flags and make sure that you you do what you need to help that yeah it's funny it came up on uh, two episodes ago with uh, rafa uh, vice from um, producer ep you know uh, associate producer in montreal and she said the same thing and she was talking about the i mean actually you talked about consistency of support earlier which again i, I love that phrase but you know the importance of checking in with people yeah. and going actually just how are you how how are you doing how are you how are you bearing up and whenever I've been asked that question meaningfully, because sometimes it can be a bit throwaway, but when you, you know when it's being asked meaningfully, it can be really affecting, it can be really empowering to go, you know what, actually I'm really struggling, you know, Absolutely. and actually normalizing that conversation. I'm actually writing a workshop at the moment on uh, confidence uh, for Amy Smith, who's asked me to do it for her Women in Animation Mentoring Circle. So I'm delivering that on Friday. I'm still writing it. Um, I thought Amy Smith was already quite confident. Yeah, but more for her mentors. So it's no, not for her. Me and Amy, yeah. Yeah, Amy's got no problem confidence-wise. You may correct me. Um, but, you know, I'm writing a workshop and it's fascinating the reading I'm doing around imposter syndrome and and, uh, yeah. and, and uh, where that comes from. Uh, and it's, uh, yeah, uh, hopefully it'll be a workshop I'll deliver to the, the Frame Store folks once I pilot it this Friday. But uh, right. again, checking in with people, asking questions, make sure everyone's, everyone's okay, I think is so, so important. So thank you for bringing that up, chat anytime we need to get a podcast special on it i think it comes up a lot okay next question is who would you like to hear from on the podcast and why so i'm trying to rack up guests for the rest of the year who should we uh, hit up gabby what do you reckon um i'm going to stick with my idea of kathleen i think she yeah. just knows so All much right. about everything um people think i know about everything kathleen knows well, about that's everything. the myth yeah yeah exactly <laughs> um yeah i think she'd be great yeah. Kathleen Ruffalo, okay. We are coming for you, Kathleen. Watch out. What about you, Jack? Um I mean, I don't know whether this is true, but I heard a rumor that Anna Kennedy, who is the um, you know, shoot producer for IA, she mm -hmm. has a background in stand up. So I'd be very interested. No way. Yeah. So <laughs> to hear her on a podcast she is hilarious. I know her like as a person. Mm. She's bloody hilarious. Um, so yeah, I think that'd be a good shout. That's a very good shout. Yeah, Anna helped out with our work experience cohort recently, where she posed as a, a client, a, a director, and <laughs> she was amazing. Her and Johanna Sams. 
I absolutely <laughs> smashed it. So yeah, I could I can I can picture it now, but I never would have thought it until you mentioned it, Jack. So yeah, Anna Kennedy, very much a good shout there for sure. Excellent. Thank you both. All right. Now we're going to wrap up with our kind of fun pairing question. It's the uh, the reason why people genuinely listen to the podcast, I hope, which is uh, if you had to eat one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? So I'm going to start with uh, with Jack. What's, uh, what's your de- desert island dish? Desert island dish. Um, there's a few bits, but it's it's one of those things where I, I couldn't imagine just eating it for the rest of my life. You know, I'm a big fan of banoffee pie. Big yeah, fan of, yeah, big fan of um, pigs in blankets. Definitely. Big fan of carrot cake, you know, but I couldn't, I couldn't ever do it for the rest of my life. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I couldn't stand that. But I'm a big foodie. Like I, yeah. I eat like a trooper. So yeah. It's a, it's a hard one to knock down. It is. It's a hard... I'm going to have to press you for an answer, though, Jack. This is a gun-to-head moment where you have Carrot to pick cake. the one food. Carrot cake. Carrot very cake. strong choice. Very yeah. strong choice. Good. Nice frosty icing. Mm. And nice moist... Oh, you're making it's me hungry. It's almost dinner time over here. So we've got carrot cake from Jack Grealish. Thank you, Jack. Gabby, what are you going to give us on... What's on the menu? Um, it's convenient that I'm on a remote island because I'm going with sushi all day, every ah. day. Love sushi. What kind of sushi? Is, it, is there a particular spot? No, just the just freshest, sushi? just fresh kinds. Yeah. I like it with rice though and soy sauce and all the, the accessories. Yeah. yeah. A little bit of wasabi. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Love it. Bit of ginger. Mm. Amazing. Well, we've had, we've had, uh, we've got a bit of a sushi club on the on the calls previously. So uh, not the first time we've had sushi, but it's still a right and proper answer. So thank you very much, Gabby. All right, so before I let you go about your, your morning, Gabby, and your evening, Jack, is uh, we're, we're creating a Spotify playlist based on the Framestore dailies. It was kicked off on episode one. It's all Sergio Gonzalez's fault, our, our VFX trainer, who said when, when I asked him what question he wished I'd asked him, he said what music he listens to while he works. So when you're not on shoot, Jack, or when you're not fixing uh, LA Studio leaks, Gabby, what is uh, the go-to track or artist that you listen to? Gabby, you go first. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't. It's I don't know if it's a little bit embarrassing, but I like to wake up, especially when I'm working from home. Um, I'll wake up and still from in bed, I'll turn my Bluetooth on and I'll put on just like coffee house jazz music. Ooh, nice. No lyrics, no nothing, just a nice like saxophone or trumpeter, and and then I'll mosey downstairs. I'll make my coffee and I'll just sit and listen to jazz, and it kicks me off in the right direction. I don't know, I, I, and it's not all day long, but it's there's something about it in the morning that that gets me, that gets me going. Very suave. I love that. It's very suave, very bougie. That is, I love Thank it. It's just hanging out. Yeah, home. it's weird. I light a candle. I really get in the mood. Very LA. I yeah. love that. It's like an evening <laughs> evening kind of vibes for me. But yeah, it's first thing in the morning, I like yeah. it. Okay, so I'll be coming for you for a go-to loungy, bougie uh, uh, jazz tune at some point. Watch out if you're following the the, the playlist, folks. Uh, what about you, Jack? What's uh, what's in your ears? Hmm. Is it? Am I just allowed to say one? You can say a couple. You get a couple of no, okay, make right. a couple of tracks. So first of all, the ones that I I'm really in love with at the moment is um, the song "Stairway to Heaven." Um, by Led Zeppelin, but it's the heart cover of it when they did the um, Kennedy 
center awards so you know when like artists get like awarded and other bands cover their songs the heart performance of it is just so so great she's got a pair of lungs on her i swear um but also because it's pride month i have to pay homage to uh miss minogue and padam padam that has been setting the world ablaze um it's it's a really gay song and um yeah, I heard it about 50 times during Pride, so. Amazing, so that's right in there. Gotta say that for Pride. Well, let's get that up as track one on the, on the playlist. <laughs> uh, and, and it brings us full circle from our conversation on yeah, uh, you're welcome. Uh, part one all the way through to part, part the end of part two. So thank you both so, so much. I, I, I genuinely appreciate these conversations. I get to do them all. I get to spend un, uninterrupted time with uh, very cool people uh, at Framestore. So thank you both for spending this time with with me and our and our listeners from the the frame store and and global community um obviously a, you know, a belated happy pride for me because we are now well into july but it's been a really nice opportunity to uh, reflect on uh, the month that's passed uh, before i let you both go is there anything you want to say plug shout about any messages you want to leave our listeners with or have you had enough of me asking you questions and you just want to leave Never enough. It'd be really funny if I said I'm not actually gay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you on that bombshell. Yeah, on that bombshell. Yeah. I'm off to see my girlfriend. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be amazing. No, I'm good. I'm, I'm honestly, that was great. Awesome. Well, thank you both for your time. Oh, yeah, Gabby, anything from you before? No, I... no, I just, that's it. I just bleed frame store blue forever. Let's go. <laughs> Let's do it. All right, well, uh, Looking forward to getting this episode out. It's been an absolute pleasure spending this time with you both. Again, happy Pride. Happy Pride year. We're doing this all year. Absolutely. Happy Thank Pride. You. But anyway, I'll leave you to it. I can never some crap at goodbye. So I'm just going to say it's goodbye from the Frame Store podcast. Bye-bye. See you. Well, that wraps up this week's episodes of Pride Month Special. Such a wonderful conversation and super fun to record. It just leads me to thank Jack and Gabby for being incredible special guests. And of course, Sam Sosnowski from the global training team on production duties. We'll be back in another two weeks time with another two part episode, this time focusing on labs. And once again, opening up the Framestore podcast dailies. Thanks for listening. We'll see you then.